This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier line of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. <laughs> Welcome to a Bradford City Up The Chicken special. This podcast is hosted by Bradford City Fans Independent Group. Alright, good evening guys. Um, thanks very much for joining us. Um, I'm just going to lay out a couple of things I want to say before we uh, get started. Um, no one is above anybody here, um, so everybody's entitled to speak. Uh, I ask that people be respectful Um People in our club and, and who support our club have differing views, um, which is fine. It's all right to have an opinion. But the objective of, uh, of what we're trying to do tonight is really just get, you know, an overview of what you feel, what you'd like us to look at, whether you've joined us or not at this moment in time, um, um, and, you know, and see where we go. Uh, there's no ego here. We're not trying to basically, um, you know... Um, mess people around we generally genuinely want to be a force for good for our supporters um we've had feedback from various people who feel that the supporters board are not kind of representing them rightly or wrongly if you have that opinion um and so bradford city independent fans group uh was formed on the basis of that we wanted to try and give an independent voice to supporters and pursue the things that are important to them and there's a variety of different things and we can go with the rope out aspect of things. We can go with sparks out. We can go with Jen out, but I want to try and get some clarity and, and take the emotion out of things simply because it, we won't get anywhere if the emotion plays its part. We have to, we have to basically kind of put things together and follow a process of getting in front of the club and getting them to acknowledge what we want as a, as fans, because we are the biggest, uh, stakeholders in the club in terms of the spend that we commit to all of us uh in in terms of season tickets and merchandise and concourse revenue and then as well as away travel and tickets away there's a variety of things that we as a supporter base do and you know we are the biggest supporter base in this league and i think it's about time that 
you know, we 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 had off-field progression as well as on-field progression. So, um, for clarity, I'm Steve Hamilton. I'm the chair of um, of the of Independent Fans Group. Um, you might know me. You might already follow me. I'm at Bantam One Eight Seven Three um, on on Twitter. Um, so, you know, the reality to that today is that we want to try and do this transparently. I don't want to bore you and I don't want to keep you for absolutely ages, but I do feel that we've got differing views across the supporter base. We've got splinter groups who obviously are running their own protests, which um, I have no problem with that as long as it doesn't do damage to the club. Um, but I'm going to invite, you know, um, People, if they want to speak, they can do. Um, but what we want to get out of this tonight is really what you want us to pursue, what you want us to do. Um, and we'll follow that up and we will basically report back to you all. If you're not a member at the moment, then you can go join us at BradfordIndependentFans.co.uk as a membership format. It's free. The reality we reason we're taking that information is that if we can get above 1,500 members or to 2,000 members, we can be recognised as an official supporters club and the club have to acknowledge it. So um, that's what the reason for that is. Um, and we just want you to share our content and engage with us. Um, that's it. So ground rules, as I said, just be respectful. Um, we we know, obviously, some fans have different opinions to others. We just want you to listen to that view, respect it, and put a, an argument across if you, if you have one. Um, anybody's entitled to speak. All you have to do is just put your hand up and I'll make you a speaker. Um, there's no bother with that. Um, and that's it. So... Um, our plans at the moment are that we we know that there is a real chorus of toxicity in some cases. Um, we have some fans who support Ryan Sparks, some fans who don't and want rid of him. Rid of him. There's a big contingent of um, people who want Stefan Rupp to sell the club, uh, and there's a, another contingent who don't really have a view on it. Um, and then there are other aspects of things, such as things like safe standing, which we've had reports back to us and people asking, where has that gone to? The problem behind the cop in terms of when people are exiting uh, and a variety of other things. Some people are upset about on-field matters with regards to re uh, recruitment uh, and turnaround of managers, etc. Um, so... Does anybody want to really put their point across, you know, and, and, and have your say? Just let me know. Johnny, do you want to basically uh, have a say on anything at all? You're a better podcaster than I am. Okay, while we're waiting, let's just look at where we are right now. Um, oh, we've just had somebody request. Uh, oh, welcome, Wayne. Thanks very much. Um, the floor is yours, my friend. I'll mute and shut up, and then I'll I'll give her really a summary of where we are as a club right now. Um, over to you, Wayne. Mike's with you. Uh, me, uh, everyone. Um, yeah, I suppose I'm one of the sparks out. 
Um, I think he's been in the club now for a number of years. We've not moved forward. And I just don't believe what he tells us anymore. Um, the prime example being that he was adamant that Graham Alexander was our number one candidate, despite the conversations he'd had with Cowley's. Um, that's come out. He's told us in the past that Stefan Rupp um, got us through COVID by investing his own money. Has since come out and said recently that he's not put a penny of his own money into the club. So <laughs> he, he has so many faces. He could be a town hall clock. I just don't trust the guy anymore. Um, I, I don't know what other people's thoughts are, but I, I, I just I can't see a way forward with him as a as a marketing manager. Um, he knows his stuff. He's he's, he's He's developed those skills over the years. Marketing wasn't his um, um, his trait. That's not what that's not what he went to university for and studied. That was all um, uh, editing for for, for uh, sports magazines and things like that. So that's that's what his background's in. But he's became a successful marketing and to an effect a media manager. Um, he got the job through uh, Julian Rhodes' recommendation to become our uh, chief operating officer, and I just don't think we've progressed under under him. Um, so I'm one of the people that would would like to see that change before we look at even considering uh, getting new new owners in. I'd like to see that change first. Wales, do you think that he can salvage his position at this moment in time? Is there anything that he probably could do? Uh, and I'm I'm going to play neutral on this, I'm afraid. But is is there anything that you feel that he he could you know do um, that would cause you to have a change of mind and and support him moving forward? From my perspective, no, because I think that trust has already gone now. I don't think I'll ever get that trust back. I know that when he Back a couple of years ago, he, he had his own Twitter account and he was quite open to people coming on and, and asking him questions and being open and uh, open and, and fronted about it. But then they got, got personal attacks and I, I get why, why he, he came off Twitter and, and other social media to protect himself from that. But from my own personal opinion, I don't think, I, I just don't trust him anymore. There's just no way back for, for me simply because of the the number of falsities that he keeps coming out with. It just seems to be one one after another. Whenever he does speak, he, he seems to contradict something he said previously. So, for me, no. Others might have a different opinion. They might say, well, give him the benefit of the doubt, give him another chance. But for me, that, that trust is gone. That's broken. I think that's fair enough, uh, Wayne. You know, um, I've heard very simple things. I don't think it's helped um, with the media today that with Cowley's coming out and giving that interview. Um, that's pretty much confirmed, which I, I know a good percentage of uh, proper fans were um, uh, were questioning um, about whether he was telling some porkies during the recruitment process. Um, okay. Um, Johnny, um, your views on that, and um, and have we got anybody um, who wishes to speak who is um, is pro Ryan? I'm not trying to set things apart, but I think it's important that we get a a balanced view. Johnny, over to you. 
maybe Johnny's not going to speak. Um, okay, uh, what I will say right now is that the problem I've had as a fan, take out my role in what I'm doing here, the problem I've had to, as a fan is that there is lots of smoke and mirror uh, mirrors in terms of uh, Ryan Sparks and Rupp and things like that. And I've been trying to get clarity. And I know that uh, right now we are we are in year seven of a 10-year plan of Rupp's ownership um, in which we started, uh, I think it was the year when we were in the playoffs in League One. Um, and now we find ourselves in League Two, um, languishing a little bit at the bottom, which nobody wants. Um, Rupp... Uh, obviously, I had Rahic at the time, as, and uh, I don't really want to go over ground that people already know. Um, I'm probably just saying it for clarity, really, uh, more than anything. But Rupp, um, Rupp you know, suggests he was duped by um, uh, by uh, Rahic. Rahic, when Rupp came out with, you know, we'll we'll you know, we're going to do good things and I'm going to make it up to you all, etc., etc. What we've seen then is quite a large turnaround of managers. Um, Sparks in question, obviously, the McCall thing sticks in my mind where he offered a new contract and then fired him a couple of weeks later. Um, but is there anybody who um, who who basically is is, you know, who likes Ryan, who thinks he's done a good job or, or thinks he's done an adequate job and, and has fallen foul? Because I think we we kind of need to hear both sides. Um, for me, um, you know, I don't think it looks good in terms of his media uh, that he's given in, in a couple of times uh, where he's been caught out in various things. Um, I felt that the Derek Adams kind of um, comment on Radio Leeds was something he should have just basically said, uh, I've got really no comments, mate, good luck, let's move on. I didn't think he'd look, make us particularly look good. Um, but at the same time, you know, he led us through COVID um, and, you know, the club's still here, etc., etc. Um So I'm having to try and look at it both ways. But my job really here right now is that we wish to pursue where we go We've we've pushed for a fans forum, um, and you know we think that's urgently required with the club because we think communication has dipped. Uh, and I'm going to shut now because Johnny's ready to speak. So over to you, Johnny. Yeah, right, Steve. Uh, hope you can hear me now. I'm just, I've moved over to my phone because my PC is rubbish. Uh, so going back to like what you're saying there about uh, organising a fan forum, I think that is a fantastic idea. Uh, communication at the club, I think, has been a bit rubbish at the minute. And then going back to your stay, safe standing, uh, what got announced on the 12th of April 2023, I just don't understand how come it's been like seven months and nothing's got come on from the safe standing. Because I would love to go in that safe standing area. I love standing at away games and stuff like that when you can do. It's just... Communication really needs improving and stuff needs changing. I think it's, um, you know, it's, a, it's one of those things, isn't it? They made, they took media on with regard to safe standing. You know, they were going to pursue that heavily. And for whatever reason, it hasn't happened. And this goes back to my point, Johnny, of, 
you know, um, of communication, really. Um, and, you know, the fact is, is that if you make these statements to the press, you've got to then follow through with regards, you know, that that statement. You know, that's, that's the reality of it. At least give updates on this is where we are. Um, and, you know, I think that... It, for me personally, I think that the communication from club to supporter has dipped dramatically. Um, I feel that, you know, the only time they communicate, obviously, is match day stuff, but also then to try and just sell us stuff. And, you know, there's really nothing of substance there in updating us on club plans. And I think right now we've got this real mix of, uh, and people call it toxicity. I think it's frustration from the fan base. Because we're in the position we are on the field, there uh, obviously we we've not gone well with uh, with the manager, um, you know, situation. It took quite a long time to recruit, um, and and I think a multitude of things over the last few years have just built up and built up and built up. And definitely in the last, I'd say eight to twelve weeks, we've seen an increase in that in that level of. Um, of vocality, shall we say, from various sources um, across the internet, uh, on social, etc. And so we're in this position now where we felt, okay, it's, uh, it's time to, to try and do something. Um, the supporters board, um, you know, they, they, they do a very tough job. People might not agree. People, people might basically have a different viewpoint on that, but they are... Um, they're trying to basically kind of engage with the club. Um, and so we decided that we were going to invite the supporters board and representatives from the supporters board as well as Bantam's Trust. Now, I believe, unfortunately, they have their AGM in the trust tonight, which is fine. Um, I don't know if anybody's here from the um, supporters board um, who'd like to speak. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But we we put that, out, that request out in good faith. Um, because we feel that we need to have a united front on various things. And, you know, you the supporters board have the year of the club at the moment. We've had feedback that people don't feel that they're effective with that, that responsibility right now. Um, but, you know, I've seen some commentary over the last couple of days of, you know, of the process for engaging the supporters board. But, you know, from right now, I'm interested in this fans forum and getting some clarity and some answers um, for people. Um, go ahead, uh, Johnny. Yeah, I've just got one more thing to say, and then I'll disappear, but I'll still listen. Uh, so, just like looking at the social media for Bradford City, you're right about um, the only tweet out really now, obviously, goals when we win. They don't communicate very well, but then I'm just looking on the social media now, and like two and a bit hours ago, vacancy, we are welcome applicants for a full time head of marketing. We've got one at the club who's currently doing, or the, like, Ryan Sparks, surely they would go to him and then bring a new CEO in or a director of football to take over that position. And this is the problem, Johnny, we don't know. You know, and if anybody is here from the supporters board, I would urge them to basically kind of engage with the club and challenge them. Because I think now we're, you know, as, as supporters because of our interests and our monetary spend, etc., we have a right to constructively criticise the club where appropriate. I'm not saying that it's a free-for-all, and you know, and I, I, I completely, vehemently disagree with the attacks on Ryan Sparks personally. I don't think 
really any City fan really would likes to hear that. There shouldn't be any personal attacks on anybody. But constructively, I think the club right now needs to be challenged. You know, we are, as I said earlier, seven years into a 10-year plan from Stefan Rupp. The man is never here. Um, you know, the, the, we know really from f- feedback from Ryan Sparks himself that the club is self-sufficient, so investment is, is not in place. And I'm just going by what I've read here, so people can challenge me on that. It's not a problem. I've got no problem with it. Um, but we are um, a big beast in a, you know, in the four, old fourth division. That's the reality of it. Um, we have all this fan base, so we are a good brand. Um, but nobody really knows. No fan really knows. Based on the commentary I've been reading on, on social media, no fan really knows what Stefan Rupp's plan is at the moment. They have no idea. Um, and I know that the Hard Truth podcast put pressure on him and invited him to go on there. Um, and, you know, whether he's accepted that or not, I don't know right now. But, you know, ultimately what ends up happening is that people give an opinion on Rupp. Basically, somebody then comes across and discounts that and asks them to basically kind of back that up factually. And it ends up then into an argument. What I think we need to look at is is, is actually formally ask the club. And this is the reason why I think the fans forum is really, really important. I think it has to be sooner rather than later. Because we know as Bradford City fans, when we've had success, the unity across the club drives that. It's it's the Saturday, Tuesday thing where the ground's buzzing. It's basically loud. It's intimidating. And other clubs don't like coming there when we're like that. Now we've got fragmented kind of support in the cop because of decision, you know, we're not first corner, etc. Whether you agree with that or not is, is up to you. Um, and, you know, I don't think that people think it's as intimidating now as ever, but that's because the fans are kind of distracted with things off field um, and are worried about things. The tennis ball kind of protest is a prime example of, of that and good luck to those guys. You know, I have no view on it either way. As long as it doesn't damage the kind of club or we don't get fines, etc., then that's up to them. What I would like to do is I'd like to try and unite fans across the board. Now, it might be a pipe dream. I don't know right now. And I don't really have all the answers, which is why we've asked members to come on board and, and join us to try and drive this forward. But I do know that the toxicity levels that are out there at the moment can't continue. And something will, will break if we don't try to do something proactive with this club. You know, some people have argued that Rupp really has, is at the end of his time. But, you know, right now is how, how do you force a man who has a lot of money, who has no interest in, in football... Um, allegedly, and you know, um, has not really formally put the club up for sale from what I can see. And I've tried to check with contacts within media, etc., about that. And um, he's been quiet, um, really, since the wag me aspect of things. So there's no indication as to whether he actually does want to formally put the club up for sale. But the reality is, is that. I think a lot of fans have made a decision now that they want to see Rupp leave the club and sell it to somebody who has an interest in what we're trying to do and will be vocal. Um, so I think that, you know, from our point of view is I could come up with a 12 million agendas and try and push it through. But if it doesn't have the overall support of our fan base, then the reality is, is that um, me and my colleagues on the steering board of um uh, of, of our independent group 
um, wouldn't really get any very far. Um, we want more people to join us. We want more people to, you know, if they're passionate about Bradford City, come and come and help us. We're open to that. Um, but at the same time, we we really need to look at the agenda of what we do to drive forward. And you know, my next step really is to write officially to the club from our our fans board, um, requesting that that kind of fans forum as a matter of urgency. Um, and and then moving from there in terms of whatever we need to do then, but that'll be driven by 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 you guys. Um, does anybody else looking to speak or um, have anybody want to challenge me or um, um, in a, in a nice sort of way um, or any other comments about where we are as a club and what they'd like to see? Because I've done a lot of talking and it's uh, rough on the old vocal cord <laughs> after a long day. But has anybody got any any other views? Um, you know, I, I'm I'm really really open to um, um, to, to people's view. Frank, uh, you're on. Um, go ahead, my friend. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite vocal on it all, so I'll just give my two p for it. I think many clubs are protested for less. I think when you look at it, obviously, it could be much worse, but could be much better. The position that we're in is just not acceptable. We've gone from 19th, sorry, 20th, right, in Ryan Sparks' tenure to 19th. It's not a good improvement at all. And you look at it on paper, he's got Mark Hughes in, he's got Derek Adams in, and on paper it's a good, but the appointments have been unsuccessful. He seems very rash when he's making decisions and he's not really been able to settle on a, on a, on a certain man. I feel like I'd really respect Ryan Sparks. I've lost a lot of trust for him now, but I'd respect him if he went to Stefan up and said, look, I'm struggling here. Can I get a director of footballing or can I look at other options, you know, to help me out in the board? Because I feel like he's kind of a sore man. And when Stefan Rupp's as disconnected as he is, I'm not really too knowledgeable about football. It's kind of Ryan Sparks controlling the whole club in a sense because Stefan Rupp's doesn't really know what he's looking for in a board member because he hasn't got a clue about football. So he's kind of just left Ryan Sparks to run the whole thing. And I don't think it's fair on someone who's got very little experience, I think, in terms of marketing. He's done really, really well for the club and I'll always back him to the hills for that. But in terms of a footballing perspective, he's got it all wrong. And I think it'd be best for the club if he stepped back you know, and, and pursued some sort of marketing role within the club and, and let someone else who knows football become the CEO and try and take us forward. And as for the, the protest, I think it's been a long time coming. Um, we're on the brink of the championship and now we're in you know, a relegation battle in League 2, it's not exactly good enough and something needs to change. And I think the common thing is what we're seeing with the protest is, oh, these fans trying to be negative and why can't you just support the lads? And I think the main thing I want to get across is we all want the best for the club and for us to move forward. And that's kind of the aim of it all, is to try and better the club and make a change and strive forward. That's kind of all we're doing. And it's not a pretty way of doing it you know I don't think anyone really wants to be doing it but change has to be done and this is kind of the only way to do it and tennis balls it, while it might seem silly it has worked for clubs Hull City did it and they've got new owners and got a promotion Coventry City did it when they were in League 2 and they put tennis balls on the pitch and they got two promotions nearly got in the champ in the Premier League last year um Charlton have done it, they've got new owners now, um, Bolton have done it, Blackpool have done it, countless clubs are doing it and whilst it might seem laughable, you know, the proof's in the pudding, it does work and changes happen. I think while, you know, we are where we are because of poor performances, you know, I'm not, we're not going to sugarcoat it, we're a massive club and we shouldn't be where we are and I feel like that's majority down because of 
poor decision of being made at the top and I for one just want to see change. I'm not the oldest fan in the fan base by you know country mile, but all I've seen is kind of I've not really seen much success as a Bradford fan and I know the club's destined for much, much more than that. Um the asset, the main asset of the club is the fans and a lot of them are starting to lose touch with it all, you know, fans that have been here for, for years just simply don't want to go anymore. When you lose such a key asset, which is, seems to be the only asset at the moment, we don't own the training ground, we don't own, you know, the stadium. And when you lose that key asset, it's just going to push owners further and further away. And if we keep performing at this, the standard that we are, we could easily go into non-league. And while, obviously, there are some really bad teams at division yesterday, like, like your Forest Greens, like your Suns, you know, we we are not too big to go down. Any any club in the division can go down, and it's it's becoming a real possibility. We are closer to rock bottom than we are, you know, to the playoffs, and it's a it's a real possibility this year that we could be going down. And I feel like if we went to the national league, it completely killed the club because then a, a real core of the fan base just will not come to the club anymore. And since we are self sustainable, like Ryan Sparks has said, you know, zero investment has come from Stefan Rupp. We are self sustainable, meaning a lot of the revenue and the budget relies on the fan base coming to the games, buying tickets, buying stuff, buying merchandise. And when you lose that that car, it can really, really affect the club and it can, you know, ultimately send us bust. And I don't think that's what anyone wants. And we all just want the best for the club. And, you know, process that amazing, you know, I don't think anyone really wants to do it, but that's how change happens and it needs to happen because we are not in a good enough spot at the moment and things have to change. That's fair enough, Frank. Um, so, uh, it's right, so, and just something I want to just kind of, because I'm playing devil's advocate, Frank, um, there's plenty of clubs who have been sold um, that didn't own their own grounds. I'm, I'm just playing, playing that as a level playing field. The, the, the power of Bradford City is its brand and its fan base. And that would be an attractive proposition as a businessman. You know, I know economically that would still be an attractive proposition to to uh, a prospective buyer. What I'm struggling with at the moment is if, if the man has no interest and he's, he's looking to recoup his money back, you know, why are we not seeing it formally for sale and out with agents, etc.? Um, you're right about the kind of decline. We have seen a decline. That's factual. Um, nobody can really argue with that. Um, um, but I, I feel that, you know, right now the, the club needs us. Um, and I think that the problem that we've got is we've got, we're in a vicious circle. If we deny revenue to the club, then we put off perspective buyers and perspective kind of, um, um, you know, uh, budgets. If we, if we support the club, how long does this process carry on for? how long before people do so. And we're seeing it already on, on timelines, on social channels of people going, I'm done, I've got better things to do with my Saturday, I'm not prepared yeah. to do it anymore. Which I think is really sad, to be fair. I mean, it's just, it's not a good overall state of the club, I think. You know, I've, I've obviously, like I said, I've not been a fan for, for too long, I'm not, I'm not very old, but, you know, it's... I think this is one of the worst it's got. You know, we have been quite an established, you know, second, third tier side in in our history. And I think this is one of the lowest points. Obviously, we've never been in the conference as a football club. And it is one of the, you know, realistic possibility. And I think this is the lowest that we've been as a club. And I don't know if this is the general consensus, but, you know, with Graham Alexander, I don't think he's obviously the best manager in the world. But, you know, we don't have a choice other than to, to back him. And I think I'm, you know... His track record is really, really good. You know, he did well at Motherwell and, you know, 
but I think what the general thing I'm seeing is that he works well on a, on a big budget. You've got your your MK Dons and your Sulfur to have really competitive competitive budgets in this division, and I'm not sure how that's going to fare at Bradford. There's talk of the fourth biggest budget, but we simply aren't seeing it. There's not many big fees coming in like you see at Wrexham, and obviously I know it is obviously a separate kind of ownership where you know they've, they've got a significant amount of money than us but we aren't seeing enough change you know if we did have such a big budget and we have all this money that we're claiming you know we certainly wouldn't be training at a school and we, we wouldn't have these issues with leasing the stadium and I think if it gets any worse and it is a massive issue because it is the biggest stadium factually in the division and it's going to take a lot of money to, to keep it up and running and renting it out and with all the maintenance and obviously we've got the pitch done and that might need doing again soon and it's a lot of money being pumped into a stadium which could easily you know lose a lot of its fan base it might not even be 50% full next year regardless of the division and yeah the, I think as the seasons go on under up and you know I don't think he's a bad guy at all Stefan Rupp you know he's kind of sold the dream by Eden and it's not. It's a difficult thing to get out of because at the end of the day, unless he invests, which I can't see him doing, he's going to take a loss. And I think he just needs to accept that he is going to take a loss and, and try and claim profits whilst he can because it's only going to get worse from here. And the assets that he's got, which is the fan base, you know, like I said, that car's not going to be around for, for much longer if, if things continue in the trajectory that it is. And I think, yeah, things have just got to really change soon for the better. And, you know... I think regardless of results, again, you know, if we start winning a string of games, I think from now on, I think that's always going to be there of, you know, Rupp has taken us backwards and things need to be changed because we are at a point now where despite us being very close to the playoffs in terms of we're about seven points away, you know, it is a pipe dream and it looks like it's going to be another failed season. I just think how many more seasons in in the basement of the football league and kind of fan base take especially when you've been at such heights you know we were in the premier league you know two decades ago and now we find ourselves in, in league so it's just i'm sick of it i'm sure a lot of fans are sick of, of, of going to these these stadiums no disrespect but barrow sutton forest green it's just not stadiums it's not teams you want to be playing and it's extortionate prices as well that you're paying for some of these things and with, with you, when you gather like the travel and stuff like that, it's sometimes you can pay upwards of fifty pounds for for travel, and it's it's not worthwhile doing. It's it's expensive, and when you're getting battered, it's, it's certainly not a f- fun thing to watch, and it's not worth anyone's time at the moment. And yeah, I, I'm I'm really kind of going in circles a lot of the time. I, I speak about it a lot, and I'm kind of got the same thoughts on it every time I speak about, it and it doesn't get any easier talking about it. You know, I'd love to be saying, you know, there's lots of things to be positive about for Bradford at the moment, but I think it's the worst it's ever been. Fans are, you know, arguing with each other and the fan base seems really split and disinterested right now. And I think a change of ownership is needed not only to get the club on the back on track, but to, to bring fans back and bring the fan base together and uh, and really strive for success. Thanks, Frank. Uh, Johnny, uh, you've had your hand up for a while. Apologies, mate. I just didn't want to interrupt Frank. So, uh, so Frank, are you saying like oh, I've got a couple of things to say? Uh, Frank, are you trying to say like Ryan Sparks is being thrown in the deep end, and basically he's being thrown in deep end to run a club while Roop is playing with his cars, kind of thing? <laughs> yeah, it's um, I think he's he's done a good job, like, like I said, marketing. You know, he's brought in a lot of money for the club, and like I said, I'm always going to be thankful for that, and I think. 
with the position that he was in, it was a really, really difficult. And when he was he took over, we were twentieth in League Two, and I don't think it could have got much worse than that. But from a commercial point of view and a marketing point of view, he's clearly very talented at what he does. But I think some of the comments that he comes out with as well, it comes across as really arrogant for someone who hasn't achieved much. You know, he, what he said about Derek Adams, it, um, you know, he sounded like he's someone who didn't deliver what he set out to do. And that seemed a lot like Ryan Sparks has said himself. He's kind of contradicting himself. Um, no room for mediocrity is a quote, a quote that comes out a lot. And it seems like we are settling for mediocrity. We're 19th in the division. It's simply not good enough. Um, Lena and Mina, the squad's about 30 and there's, you know, just players that are simply not up to par in the division that shouldn't be anywhere near League 2. I must admit, he's made some real faux pas in some of the media interviews that he's given. Yeah. Even you know, from my point of view, I've gone, mm, that's not good. Um, that's a good start. What, just, what are you just, saying? Just as a, as a bit of an exercise, guys, I just want if who actually who's who's listening at the moment, and you can you can show us with uh, an emoji who actually feels that uh, Rupp needs to go right now um, as 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 a fan. If you just press the emoji, just so we can see you light up. Didn't seem to be many. <laughs> Okay, what about Ryan Sparks? Who's in the position where they feel that Ryan Sparks now needs to leave the club or move away? Now we got a lot more kind of emojis then come up. Um, okay, that's just the interesting thing. That's all. Um, I think you know that that um, I think it's coming to a head. Um, Johnny, was there anything else further you want to say? Because we've got Labib, who uh, is a good lad, who uh, suffered in Nottingham the other day. Uh, that I'm going to approve. So I've got. Two things to say quickly. Uh, First thing is, just looking at league table, we're currently 19th. We're 10 points away from the playoffs. But I personally think we're going to be safe this year and Forest Green and Sutton are going to go down. And then my second question is, with like the tennis ball issue, if like three or four people do it, they're going to easily get caught out there and probably get Fine, because apparently you can't throw anything on the pitch and stuff like that. So what's yeah. people's take on the tennis ball issue and basically league position? Oh, million-dollar question, isn't it? I mean, we've had a really poor start from um, looking back. We're 10 points behind where we were at this point last season, um, albeit we've got a, a new manager in. Um, I, um, In terms of... Uh, I think I've lost my train of thought there. Do you want to say anything, Frank? Uh, are we going to move to Labib or...? Yeah, just you know, touch up whilst, um, whilst I've still got a train of thought and then I'll, I'll let everyone speak. But... Um, yeah, I think, like I said, you know, it's not it's not a great thing that we have to do it, but at the end of the day, we we, we aren't left with much choice. There's clearly not many t- people taking note, and I think, you know, like I've said, with the tennis balls and stuff like that, you know, it's the proof's in the pudding. It does work, and media attentions, you know, 
people there's there's eyes on it and people you know see it and stuff like that and i think it's a good way of, of getting some sort of media attention i think chanting and, and you know complaining on social media you know ryan's Ryan Sparks isn't going to tell Stefan Rupp and Stefan Rupp's certainly not going to care because he doesn't really seem to have any form of social media to interact with the fans with and he's you know not going to be checking the hashtag refreshing it seeing what everyone's saying it's it's not going to happen so I feel like this is the best possible way to, to get stuff through to Stefan Rupp without kind of relying on Ryan Sparks to do so I feel like Ryan Sparks isn't going to want to tell Stefan Rupp that this is happening and this is where the club is and you know we're 19th and there's protests and Stefan Rupp's going to think, oh, well, what's wrong here? And he's going to turn to Ryan Sparks, who's kind of been his, his wingman in all of this since Eddings left. And he's going to look at, you know, Ryan and see what's wrong and, and stuff like that. So what, what know, I will say, Frank, is about those guys is that they've at least got off the backside and tried to do something. Yeah. Whether we agree with it or not, they've, they've coordinated and they've tried to do something. Yeah. I still stand by that we're much better together rather than in splinter groups across the, the board. But the reality is, is that I, I've got to commend them. At least they've tried to do something yeah. um, based on what they believe in. And they're obviously extremely unhappy guys. Personally, for me, my own opinion, I'm not one for throwing things onto pitches, but that's just me. Yeah. Um, but the, I do respect them for trying to organise something, coordinate something um, to, to try and get a point across. So um, that's fine. I'm going to bring Labib in now. Thanks, Frank. Um, Labib, how are you, my friend? Yeah, all good. Thank you very much. How are you? I'm all right, thanks, buddy. I saw you in uh, Nottingham, basically enjoying yourself. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The... Um... It was a good pre-match and a good post-match, but the bit in between wasn't particularly enjoyable. Yeah, it was pretty pretty bad. Um, what's your point, buddy? What, where are you right now in terms of the club, and, and what do you feel that we, we should move forward with as an agenda? We're, as you know, we're pushing for an emergency fans forum. We think it's crucial. Yeah. Um, the first thing I'd say is, is I think... Um, Frank, very articulate young man, I think made a real, some really good points and pretty much in agreement. Uh, with everything that he had to say, the other thing that that I'd mention is um, that I'm I'm a little bit on the fence with the tennis ball protest. Um, I, I fully agree with what you said earlier that you know fair play and congratulations that they've got themselves organised and they've got some sorted and they're actually doing something. So. You know that's a constructive kind of way forward. Whether you whether you agree with the, the the manner of the process or not, I think the fact that you know they've got enough fire in the belly really to um, to actually action it. What what the point I actually wanted to make? I didn't I couldn't click on the emoji to to show you what what I felt. But I've been moaning about Rook for about the last two years for anybody who's bothered to kind of listen. So I'm firmly in in that camp of the fact that he needs to go. But it's really going to be a question back to you in terms of, you know, organising a fans forum and, and I'm sure you've kind of spoken to other organisations of supporters boards. Um, what what other kind of types of protests that you do you know of that seem to have worked and that can be effective? So obviously we've spoken, I've seen other people talk about trying not to pump money back into the club and kind of hit the club where it hurts. And again, I'm, I'm not sure how constructive that would be because, as, as Frank was saying earlier, we're a self-sustaining model, so the only money we get to spend on players and the squad 
is the money we bring in um, through the commercial kind of side of the club because, as we know, Rook doesn't invest. So um, thinking about not spending money, is that really viable? Thinking about the tennis protest, tennis ball protest, is that really viable? So from from a, a general kind of protesting point of view, what would you say is something that works, something that would be effective, something that could actually engineer change? Because essentially, I think that's what that's what we need to see. We need to see some kind of changes coming through at the club. So that that was really a question rather than an answer. I think, I think to be honest, you'll be. We've I've seen it in other countries where fans have gone into um, the ground and then left like five minutes into the game. And that obviously doesn't affect in terms because obviously season ticket holders, if you leave, you already paid for the ticket. But I've seen that happen. Then obviously you've seen um, protests outside before the game, uh, which are quite loud. Um, to be honest with you, um, I haven't really looked that far ahead yet. And as I often often say on on. Twitter when uh, we're posting I don't have all the answers right now which is why we're trying to build the group so that we can find effective ways to if we need to protest but we felt the first appropriate steps was you have to give the club a a right of reply Um, and you know me personally I um, I, I, I've had doubts about myself for for a couple of years but I, I in this role, I have to keep those things neutral unless I'm instructed by by the fans, because otherwise I'm then put my own agenda in front of everybody else. Um, but, you know, I think that, you know, protests and protests, as long as they're coordinated well, um, can have significant impact. Um, but I don't know what we'll move forward with as, as of yet. We're still we're still looking at that. We, we're trying to throw our energy into trying to get this forum first. If I can just kind of just pick up on a point that you mentioned, you know, you mentioned that the club has got a right to reply, and I absolutely agree. You know, rules of natural justice and all of that. But you know, we kind of need to articulate. I think what the need to reply to. So you know, the fans need to make the point. So that's something yeah. I think that just needs to be coordinated. And that's yeah. what we're trying to do really tonight. The whole point of this was I wanted to try and get supporters board here. I wanted to try and get trust and I wanted to try and get somebody from the club. I didn't hold out much hope of getting somebody from the club, but if I could get fans here and they were willing to basically kind of give their opinions, then the battle plan then of, of you know, we, we, we've already come up, come up with, look, let's try and get a fans forum because at least we can get our fans in there who can then ask those questions. That was that's that was my strategic thinking about it a little bit. Yeah. Um and you know the next steps for us then is to basically start to coordinate coordinate that um with if we have to speak to the support board we will do so um to try and coordinate that. Um but ultimately we we'd like to basically kind of move forward as a group, as a as a united group of many, many, many fans and, and push that ourselves. Uh, but right now, we're not recognised as an official supporters board by the club. And to do that, we have to have the numbers. Yeah, so how, how many numbers are we short? Oh, we're, we're, we're well off. I mean, at the moment, we have around 200 members right. um, that have signed up, even though it's free. But to be fair, we kept quiet for a while because things would seem to be progressing okay. Um, and then it's obviously over in the last 12 weeks that things have exploded and all of a sudden then, you know, we've, we've tried to speak up um, to position. Because obviously nobody needs anybody like us when things are going well. Yeah. But when things are going bad, 
then people look to see what we'll do. And then even then with Bradford fans and obviously I'm old school, I was going in, I went to my first match in 1980 and I'm from West Bowling originally. But the fact is, is that even City fans now are sceptical in terms of what we're trying to do because they suspect that there's an agenda there from us and we're trying to, we're trying to basically trick people. We're not. I'm honest as a day is long and, you know, I, I could do something else with my time right now. Um, I'd rather be supporting a well-run, well-organised club where everybody's happy rather than trying to organise kind of, you know, action um, to, to, you know, force an owner to sell potentially or force a CEO to basically uh, resign. I you know, I'm not saying those are what we're trying to pursue, but, you know, based on the feedback from our fans, that's what basically they want to see. So... Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. But I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to go. So hopefully, we'll be back on later. But thank you, thank you for covering those points. Thankful, babe. It's been nice to speak to you, mate. Uh, Wayness, sorry, mate. You've had your hand up for a while. Do apologise. No, no worries. I think it's just the same few people that's talking. So I'm, I'm quite happy. Um, just a couple of points. Uh, just going back to the comment that Frank made um, about the tennis balls. So I think somebody asked a question. It might be in um, Labib actually uh, about whether there's been any um, what's the word I'm after uh, any um, issues if if clubs have, have been found guilty of throwing balls on pitch. I think it's happened quite a few times now. Frank gave a lot of good examples of where it's worked. There are a lot of examples where it hasn't worked as well. So Southend, for example. Uh, Reading, I think, was another club that's done it. So there are there are examples where it hasn't worked as well. But in terms of the specific question of has there been any uh, repercussions, um, not that I'm aware of. So you can take that. Whether they would find uh, Bradford City guilty and throw the book at us to make us a, um, a statement that it shouldn't happen because we're already subjected to... Um, issues with regard to flares and, and a couple of fan protests, uh, you know, fans running on pitches, that kind of thing. So we've already got eyes on us anyway. So whether they throw the bucket at us because of that and then the tennis ball on top is another matter. Um, so that's something we will need to consider. In terms of the, the the tennis ball itself, so I've seen a lot of people saying let's let's do this protest, but what is the actual protest about? Is it about rup? Is it about sparks? What What is the purpose of it? Because I haven't seen anything that says, let's take a tennis ball, throw it on the pitch as a protest against X, Y and Z. I, nobody seems to know or provide that evidence as to what, what it is. Now, to be honest with you, I've seen, I've, I've seen kind of like people who commented on it who... Who have, and again, this is this is kind of me giving an opinion hearsay, but it looks like it's trying to force Stefan Rupp to sell the club. Um, though I can't confirm that. And if anybody's on from um, the, the, those guys who've organised that protest, you know, please put your hands up to speak. It's fine. You've got a good platform here, and you can speak to the rest of the you know the fans that are on here. But uh, my understanding, Wayness, was that it was to do with um, trying to force Rupp to sell the club. But he's in Germany, so he, as Frank pointed out earlier, he probably won't even find out about it. So <laughs> well, I've heard he might be at the game on Saturday. Pardon. I saw a tweet somewhere or a post suggesting Rook might be at the Yakut and Stanley game. 
I can't see that happening. We had a, a 17,000 um, attendance the other week and he didn't turn up for it. So I can't see him turn up for an Accrington Stanley game. When, I'll confirm it, Wayne. I, I just saw a couple yeah. of posts mentioning that. I'd, I'd be surprised. I'd, I'd be surprised that Sparks has not told him because if you know if, if rumours are true that they've already tipped off that this is going to happen, I can't believe they would invite Sparks or uh, over to to sit in that type of an atmosphere, um, knowing what's going to happen. I, I just can't see it. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, right. that's that's what I want to know. The basically, you know, what is the agenda behind it? If what you're saying is it's it's trying to force Rook to sell, then do we think throwing balls on the f- football pitch is going to make him sell if he's not that interested in selling? I'm not sure that work. Yeah, that could be uh, bubble C, won't we? Yeah, but but they, but they, they were they were my two points. Thanks, Wayne. I appreciate it, buddy. Um, Thanks for taking the time to speak to us as well. Um, Jamie, uh, sorry you've been waiting patiently. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for letting me speak, guys. I think my main question would be, I personally think Stefan should sell, but people have mentioned, I think Frank mentioned earlier on about, about Hull City and about Charlton and they've done the they've done the tennis ball protest. The tennis ball protest has not made them sell the club, in my opinion. In in all those clubs, people had come out publicly and said, I want to buy this club. Nobody has actually come out publicly and said, I want to buy Bradford City apart apart from one and there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus... Serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Organization which was whack me, and I personally think we did well to stay away from them. But but nobody has actually come out and said, "I want to buy this, this club." You look at clubs that have been sold, and pe- companies have had, people have actually come out and said, "I want to buy these," whether they whether the owners have sold or not. They've, people have come out and said, I want to buy them. If there is any organisations out there that want to put money into Bradford, come out, say it. That's the only way of pushing Stefan Rupp into having these conversations. In terms of, in terms of protests, my honest opinion is that any protest should be 
outside of the 90 minutes on the pitch. Those 90 minutes, we should be we should be supporting those lads on the pitch. No, no matter how they're performing, we should be supporting them. Throwing tennis balls onto the pitch after seven minutes. What support is, is or encouragement is that giving to our players on that pitch? We should be the 12th man here. And it's not the players' fault what's happening. They've been paid to do a job. Whether, whether or not they should be on the pitch or not, that's a personal opinion. But we should be encouraging them from kickoff to 90 minutes. And and any protest should be outside of that. And so, so, Jamie, sorry to interrupt you, my friend. Just obviously because we, the whole purpose of this tonight is we want to try and look at how do we progress as Bradford City yes. on and off the field. A lot of our fans are unhappy at this moment in time. Um, admittedly, obviously, they have the right to protest and you know constructively. And I, I take your point. You know, we we should be the twelfth man. The reality is, is that I would say that some fans would argue that they've been the twelfth man for many, many, many years and pumped a lot of money into being the twelfth man. So, you know, ultimately, where do you sit at the moment in time? You know, you know, playing side aside, what's your position in terms of of how you feel about the club um, and and where you think it needs to go? How I feel about the club at this at this moment in time. We have got somebody working for the club in a high position that is in the wrong position. We've got somebody, Ryan Sparks, who a few people have mentioned. He is fantastic about bringing commercial business in. It, that's his job. That was his role. He, he's never been a CEO. He's never been involved with football before. So as an owner, I think Stephen Rupp, if he's not going to sell yet, he needs to make sure the best people are in the best positions. Ryan Sparks' his best role, in my opinion, is that of commercial manager. That's, that's, what, that's what he's been very good at in, in his past. He did a great job at Featherstone in, in that role as commercial manager. But I think he's got a role that he's not suitable for, in my opinion. Okay, that's a fair point. Um, anybody else, Jamie? Are you okay? No, that's good, thanks. All right, listen, thanks for your thoughts. I appreciate that. Um, has anybody else got a, uh, got any other opinions in terms of um, the Rup in, Rup out saga or the uh, Ryan Sparks in and how? Um, how do we feel about recruitment um, in the last couple of years? Um, and what about the general, general state of the stadium? Is there anything that needs to be pursued there? I'm sure that there's somebody on from the uh, supporters board um, who can take that back with them, or who's on here. Um, go ahead, anybody want to speak? Doesn't look like it. Okay, so... Do we all feel that, obviously, we, we, you know our position, I've mentioned it a number of times tonight, we're looking to basically try and represent you as supporters and, uh, and try and unify things a little bit and be proactive and go constructively challenge the club where we feel appropriate or where you feel appropriate. Um, the, the removal of uh, um, 
Ryan Sparks, etc., might not be within our power, but you know, feedback can be given constructively back, and then we see what happens. But um, you know, what we can try to do is impress upon the club that you know we do feel that, um, that this this fans forum is 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 crucially important. Would would many of you attend that if that if that came? Do you, do you feel that you would go and um, rather than be on social media, would you go and 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 have asked those questions of of the current uh, hierarchy at uh, Bradford City? Has anybody got any thoughts about that? Go on, Jamie. Yeah, I, I don't know if, if anybody remembers, but in the summer we we had a fans forum where select where where fans could get tickets to go and watch. I I went to that. I asked some questions at that fans forum. If any question was asked of the club that the club didn't agree with or that necessarily wasn't happy clappy comments. Ryan Sparks immediately shot that down. If we are going to have a fans forum, which I think we need, then the club needs to be open, the club needs to be transparent, which Sparks has already said he is, but the club also needs to listen to, to fans' feedback. There's no point in having a fans forum if they're just going to shoot down every, every comment that may be not to the club's liking. Yeah, this is one of the reasons why I wanted the supporters board representatives here because I wanted to see how they dealt with the questions that were put to them on a monthly basis that are submitted because we don't really hear back on the progress of, of those um, and whether the, the supporters board have put difficult questions. We always ask Jeremy Rayner to challenge kind of uh, the manager and, and Ryan Sparks when he's doing interviews. And to be fair, he sometimes does. And I just think that you open up a, a forum where it gives chance to fans to ask those questions. They'll then decide what the next steps are after that. Because the reality is, if they feel that they're being, you know, gaslighted or that actually being told porky pies, then you will see pro protests spring up all over the place. Um, and I think as we go on further with the things that happened this summer with Hughes going and then obviously recruitment not being good, etc., and then on-field performance not being good. I think that we're getting to a stage now where you're going to start to see some some real nastiness, I think, because people are getting really, really angry, which is the reason we've, we've organised this tonight is at least that it gives people a chance to speak and get it off the chest, but it also gives us an indicator of what we need to be chasing. Um, so... You know, for us, we're going to carry on pursuing that uh, that that forum. Uh, I'm quite happy to basically compare it and have somebody from the club and literally, um, and and we will run it. Um, I've got no problem with that. Um, but the reality is, is that um, I don't really want to do it. If I'm being honest, I don't particularly want to be out in the limelight if I can help it. Um, but I do want us to basically move forward as a club and then you want us to move forward as a supporters base. Um, because ultimately, everybody just wants to roar on, um, you know, Bradford City, that's it, and get three points. Um, so I'll ask, I'm, I'm going to wind down a little bit. I'm going to ask uh, again, um, if anybody else wants to speak, 
and also if there's any other things that we need to best prepare our agenda to submit when I write to the club officially on behalf of the supporters and our members. And if you aren't a member yet, please go to our website and um, and sign up with us. The more we get, the better. Uh, the bigger that we can can get, the more chance we have of being recognised as an official supporters club of the uh, of Bradford City. Um, but. Is there anybody else who'd like to speak? Is there anybody else who'd like to add something to the agenda which we write to the club with on your behalf? And we will be, I, I more than likely will probably write in an open letter so everybody will see what we've written um, um, on your behalf um, because I don't really want any shady aspect of things happening. Um, Johnny, do you want to say something? Yeah, so with like everything you've been saying here, in my opinion, everybody needs to work together. Uh, you work well in numbers so when you do like write the letter obviously try like on here like you're doing get people's feedback we need to keep the club up the ass uh people try to get a fans forum but you probably will probably not get anywhere with that i reckon until probably may next year we have to try though johnny i mean look things are getting pretty serious out there i mean you only have to start looking at comments um, throughout the, I mean, bear in mind you used to get a, a rough few comments on Twitch and things like that after a bad result. But we've seen a constant flux of negative comments across the board now, and I genuinely think that our fans have had enough. For whatever reason, some of them are more outspoken than others. Some of them are, are kind of relaying information that's wrong. Um, because they've seen it on somebody else's Twitter feed, but it's not being validated and checked. So, you know, people have been hit with that. But then a lot of the information that people are saying is correct in a lot of cases. And I know Wayne has asked for kind of clarification on various bits of information that fans have been basically putting forward, and nobody's responded. I think that for us, to challenge the club, as we intend to do on, on your behalf is that we have to be factually correcting what we put forward and the agenda has to be backed up with facts um, rather than, you know, just pulling anything out else. If even you know, somebody's unhappy because the toilets are, are blocked at the moment, then, you know, I would say that there's bigger things to look at at the moment. Um, but the reality is, is that even those things need to be pursued. The, the, the stadium is in a state of disrepair in some cases. So, you know, who's, who's challenging the club on that and what do we do? Um, there's, there's a variety of different things, but you know, going back to to, to your point, uh, Johnny, um, we just need to get action in place that is agreed by the biggest consensus and is factual and and correct um, and is right to do. There's no point chasing some unrealistic kind of pipe dream. You know, um, that takes time. Um, right now, we need short-term objectives that actually will satisfy the fan base right now so that we can build that as a foundation and move forward to chase the other things. Because, do you know, to get you, like, should we say, tell me if I'm wrong, but like a movement going, you'll probably need to go through, like, the TNA, Keefe News, local papers to get your yeah. reputation up, spread your word, get your word out there. And I'm, just, I'm, yeah, And we're going to try and do that, Johnny. I mean, look, you know, we're we're in the infancy of of what we're doing we've been planning it for quite a few months um we've just kept quiet for a little while to see how fan base kind of was dealing with what was going on out there now it, we feel now is the time but the reality is is that we won't we will fail if fun if the fan base doesn't support us and they have to believe that we're actually kind of 
dedicated and honest uh, and trustworthy um, rather than being sceptical of what we're trying to do. What we're trying to do is be a voice for our supporters um, on uh, and chase down and constructively kind of challenge the club where where appropriate. That's it. We have no other agenda than that. Um, thanks, uh, Johnny. Wayness, sorry, mate. No, no worries. Um, again, it's just another one of these really small ones that that probably can take a back burner for now whilst we look at the bigger issues. But when we do get a little bit of normality back, if we do get a bit of normality back, one of the things I want to see is the uh, the supporters coming combined again back into the cop. I just do not think it's worked. The atmosphere is, even before all of this, even last season when we were winning the occasional game and we were up and up around the playoffs. There was still no atmosphere. We haven't had a proper atmosphere in the ground now, even though we're getting 15, up to 18,000 uh, regular games. There's just an atmosphere. Uh, often, I, I'm, I'm in the uh, upper tier of, uh, of the cop, um, and you can, you can often hear them chanting to each other rather than combining, and it, yeah. it, it just doesn't work. Well, in the old days for me, Wayne, uh, when I used to go in the cop when I was a boy, um, it was always in the centre of the cop towards the back and the sound just used to carry from there. And then it used to get the whole ground. I mean, I don't think there's anything more that makes the hair stand up on the back of your neck when you've got a full cop in voice and then Midland Road and like the Sunwind just basically kind of all in chorus. Not it's in. just yeah. phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. I, I just I don't think the Northwest uh, Northwest corner it, it was trialed it didn't work. Um, I suppose it ties it back into what we started with with the the, the standing areas. Uh, let's get that combined and let's see if we can get something done with it. Uh, I really like standing areas in, in uh, Valparaiso. I really would. I think the atmosphere would be immense. And when you go to away games anyway, oh, when, you know that sun. Everybody was standing up at sun. It was a great atmosphere. It's just crap on the pitch, but. Um, <laughs> It's just phenomenal when uh, when you've got full voice. Um, the uh, the Hughes uh, is it Hughes? I can't see the full name, so uh, it's over to you, my friend. You requested to speak. It's a it's a funny old name. I call the Hughes era, which is now over. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, mate. Thanks for coming along. Uh, no problem. Um, it, I think the key point, and you, you, it was you that actually brought it up, is the lack of a plan. Now, this is not something that's exclusive to the Rupp era. It's, no. we've had no plan really since we've been relegated from the Premier League. Um, I know this has been a bone of contention for a lot of the blogs and podcasts that there's just no coherent plan of what we are doing going forward. Uh, the lack yeah. of communication from the football clubs not helping with that. So we, we know that they're working extremely hard on things such like um, the commercial aspect of the club. Well, David we Longo is heading that up, isn't he, mate? Um, so Sparks did do a good appointment in David Longo, and David Longo's done a phenomenal job from a commercial side. Um, but but the reality is, is that, uh, do you feel that the communication from club, pr your productive communication, I mean, to fans, has dipped significantly in the last 18 months? Massively. I mean, you look you look back to to David Baldwin uh, even before uh, James Mason. Uh, David Baldwin was fantastic for talking to the fans. He always had an awful lot of time for them. Um, Pre-season, he took us. He, he took fans around the stadium and showed them around. I 
I'm not typically into that type of thing, but I thought I'll go down to, to have a look around and it took people to one side and had a chat with them and asked, you know, what the club could do. You you felt as though you had a, a, a point of contact and it was quite a big point of contact considering his position. Um, James Mason was excellent being on social media and talking. Now, I know that Frank mentioned earlier about Ryan Sparks getting criticised on Twitter. Absolutely, there's a line that you should not cross in that aspect. You should never, ever make personal. This, yeah. Despite how you feel about his performance, he's still a human being at the end of the day. Um, but I think, yeah, I think it's a massive weakness. And that may be a, an age thing, if that's a bit slightly disrespectful. He's maybe a little bit inexperienced in that aspect. It's not like managing a normal company. You need to speak to your fan base. We're not just customers. We are fans at the end of the day. Um, So, yeah, the the communication's huge. The the lack of plan, I know this is something that's, I mean, going back to the old boy from Brazil day, and um, obviously I see Jason's on here, on width of a post. The, the lack of progression for the youth players and, and things like that. The, we've got a great academy and there doesn't seem to be any pathway to get these players into the first team. There's a hell of a lot there that needs planning and we don't know what the plan is. It, you could be more patient about our league position, even though it's quite precarious, if there was a plan and there doesn't appear to be one. Well, I, I harked back to Stockport County, who uh, do phenomenally well, but they they basically engaged with their fan base and said, this is our 10-year plan. And they regularly update their fans on, this is how we're progressing, this is what we're doing with our academy, this is what we're doing. And it's a great, great plan. But I agree, you know, as a fan, taking this supporters group hat off, as a fan... What worries me is there doesn't seem to be any consistency in terms of approach. There doesn't seem to be, these are our goals, this is what we're we're heading for. I think that's part of the problem with, with fan unrest right now, is that there's nothing for them to hang their hat on. All they see, all we seem to get is we've got a competitive budget. Okay, that's great. But what are we going to do as a club? How are we progressing? What's the plan to get back to, first of all, League One? How are we going to address that? What are we doing with our youth? You know, how are we going to bring those through? And could that be a money-making exercise for us? Because reality is, we are a selling club. There's, there's no doubt about that. While we're in these depths of the leagues, we will be a selling club. But, you know, I think we're producing some good talent at the moment. But you're right. What is the pathway into first team? You know, how how does that happen? How are you encouraging in that? And, you know, at the moment they seem to send them out on loan and then we don't hear anything about them and then they come back. But I think we've got some fabulous talent coming through right now. Um, but I think mainly the, the, the support unrest is down to what's Rupp's plan for the club? What's the plan to get us back into where most fans would feel we need to be? What's the plan in regards to stadium and what we're going to do with the infrastructure? What's the plan in terms of our youth academy and how do we progress that to elite standard? These are all things that I think as a, as a fan base, we will go, okay, 
I, I'd appreciate if, if um, Sparks came out and said, okay, guys, look, we've got a two-year transition plan and we're going to give competitive budget, but, you know, literally we're going to be rebuilding and this is our objectives. I think that most fans in our, in our club will go, okay, fair enough. We'll accept kind of like, you know, literally next season so is going to be, uh, you know, maybe average. We might be average problems, but we're building them for something bigger. And that's all that Stockport County did. And they just... They just became better and better as each season went by, and now this this year, I think that they look they look a, a well thought out, well planned team across their structure, um, and and I think that's what we're severely lacking. I think there is there is no plan, but then I go back to the point of is that I feel that we have to have a supporters group. Um, to, to basically constructively challenge the club and for the club to basically be open and honest about the things. Because I think what irritates fans is that there then is either a wall of silence or a denial of things. Um, and, and, and I think that just antagonises the fan base. And what we don't want to happen is that 10, 15% of the fan base go, I'm not renewing season tickets this year. I'm just not because I don't believe in the projects and I don't believe in what the club's trying to do. There's no plan. I think that's the death of us, basically. Yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think the, the problem is, personally, I think, are you going to trust Ryan Sparks if he says, well, I've got this two-year plan? Are you going to trust him to deliver? That's the problem now. It, 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 he's got a reputation of, of, I wouldn't say failing, but, um, well, I suppose I would. Yeah, he's failing to deliver on 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 the promise. So, I mean, we we've been promised we're going to be in the championship by Julian Rhodes, Edin Rajic, and and it isn't even about getting back to the championship. I mean, I, I think a lot of us probably started supporting the football club quite low down the league. I mean, when I first started supporting them. It was the back end of the Doherty era, and you know you used to watch players that they weren't the most talented. They weren't, but they always seemed to be a plan and a structure. Even even pre Richmond, there seemed to be it seemed to be coherent what was happening, and it it, it hasn't been coherent since Richmond left. If we're being brutally honest, I mean it's you've gone through your Todds, you've gone through your Brian Robsons, you've gone through your. You know, you're Peter Taylor's. You've gone, you, we've gone through manager after manager after manager. All these players that just seem to, you know, selling Narky Wells and bringing in Aaron, Aaron McLean. It, what was the plan there? I mean, really, the, there just didn't seem to be any thought process. And that's that's pre Rupp and Sparks. And, and then you've got the likes of Curtis Guthrie and God knows how many, you know, Nathan Delafonso, Colin Lavery, and who. Who's thinking that these are good signings? They're, they're really not. They haven't got a great record. They don't fit into what we, we should be trying to do. But the thing is, we don't know what we are trying to do. Again, it goes back to the plan. What are we trying to do? I think What's that's part plan? of the problem as well. And I've heard a couple of comments, and it's been said quite a few times, actually, where fans have said, we, we've lost our identity. We don't yeah. have an identity anymore. And, and, and you know, and then the other side of things as well is that, and somebody's just said it actually in, in the comments on on tonight's um, um, space. You know, Ryan Sparks seems to take criticism very personally, from what I can 
see. And I, I have to agree with that. And, you know, Mr. Wright said that on, on comments. Um, and and I, so is it an identity? Have we lost our identity? Because like you, I started watching, you know, when we were playing older shot in the old fourth division um, many, many years ago. So, you know, the the first bit of success that I saw we, was with Cammy when we yeah. uh, we beat Notts County at Wembley. Um, yeah. but, but that was that was the first experience I'd ever had of it, and it was the finest time in my life. You know, beating Blackpool and and all that. But the reality is, is that for many fans, they've not known any success whatsoever. So, yeah, that's you right. know, and if if you ask our fans, what's our identity? What do we stand for? Would they be able to answer you? Would 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 Ryan Sparks and Stefan Rupp? And I, I would say no. That's the problem. They don't know what they are. They don't have an identity in mind. They don't. I think our identity has been for a lot of years to just survive, and yeah. that's not enough anymore. It, you know, it's football's changed probably for the worst all across the board. I mean, you look at the nobody is a massive fan of the money that's killing the the sport. I mean, it's never going to go back to watching the likes of Colin Hoyle kicking seven shades out of someone on the pitch. You know, you're never going to get them days back. I mean, but a club needs an identity, something for the fans to get behind. And and I know it's dirt cheap for us. It's, you know, it's it's tough and certainly just to, to, to go to watch the club, but it's about the time, not the money. You're giving, you work all week and it's, it's a slog. And yeah. then if you're going out on the Saturday and that's slog as well, it, it gets to the point where you think, well, I can do other things. I, I don't have a lot of spare time. I should be doing other things. And, you know, stuff don't get done around the house that needs doing because you're putting time into the football club. The need to build something to get behind. And that's the problem. There's nothing there. It's just one manager after another, 20 players a season after another. You never get attached to anybody because they're all in and out. And, you know, you're filling the squad full of lone players that, I honestly couldn't name them all. I wouldn't have a clue. And that's the yeah. problem. You know, the, you look at the heritage numbers, which I think's a great credit to the football club, but how many heritage numbers have been dished out over the last five years? Yeah, you that, know, I'm, it's crazy. I'm to know that, mate, actually, uh, to be fair, because there has been a fair few. It's crazy. It's absolutely ridiculous the amount of players that we've gone through. You know, and you mentioned Kamara. I mean, we went through 40-odd players that season, but... You were attached to all in players because they all contributed. And, and, and I don't think it's... Uh, the quality of the players is poor this season, but I don't think it's down to a, a lack of effort as such. I don't think it's down to, you know, them not wanting to be here. I just don't think they're the right players. And that's, again, it's down to the plan. You know, you got a director of football, he appoints a manager in the in in towards the plan. All the signings are brought in towards that plan but what is the plan that's yeah. the that's the that's the club's biggest problem there's no plan oh none uh, that they've relayed to us mate they're at right now well that's that's ridiculous if if they've got a plan and they're not re relaying it to the fans so get, just play devil's advocate you know, yeah, yeah, saying, you know i get what you're saying but it's i mean it's ridiculous if that's the case it really yeah. is Thanks very much, my friend. I appreciate right, your thoughts. Um, no Jamie, you've had your hand up for a little while. What would you like to say, my friend? Yeah, but it's just, 
we're speaking about this plan. Can anybody remember when Truman and Sellers were actually given the job permanently? Ryan Sparks actually came out and said, the plan for this club is to, is to develop the academy and to, and to make money through the academy. And no matter who the manager is, that plan will, be, will keep them going in the background. That, and when and that do you was, feel that we've achieved that? No, I don't. Because as soon as we get a new manager in, that plan just goes absolutely tits up and falls apart. So, but my question would be, um, I'd like, I'd love to, the supporters trust to have been here on this, or the supporters board would have been to ask them, did you hold the club accountable? So I think, I think we do need a plan and we certainly do need a plan, but we need a plan that as supporters, we, we can hold those in charge accountable to when things don't go by, or if they're not following the plan. Because if there is a plan, supporters will get behind it as long as it's being followed, or as long as they can see what what is going on. But it needs I mean, to be held accountable, in my opinion. I'm not sure that's true, Jamie. Um, if, if the plan is to pr pr produce and nurture young talent with a view to selling them on... Would our fans really get behind that? Because that means playing them regular, and if they're not up to scratch, we want re most of our fans want results and want results now. That's the problem. We haven't got time to nurture players. So if that's the plan, then a majority of our fan base won't get behind it. Do, do you do you think if those if the club were quite public said, look, this is our kind of five year plan. This is what how we're going to transition to what we believe will then make us a successful club. Because Chris Chris uh, on quotes has just said panic buys every season. And to be fair, the last two windows, a lot of fans have said, yeah, this, these are two poor windows. We've brought in players that really are not good enough. Um, but do you, do you think that if there was, if if the club, because this is one of the things we'd like to push for, is that the club best says, here's the plan for us. This is what we're going to try and do, and and trying to get then supports to buy in on it. But if the if the fans were aware, do you think then that fans would be more accommodating because they knew what the long term goal was? I think they would personally, and and personally, I've I've yet. To see a fan that's not wanted somebody from the academy to come up and play in the pitch. Look at the love that that Bobby gets F week in, week out. People, we want to see our homegrown players coming through, breaking into the breaking into the team. Yeah, but um, Jamie, he's he's producing though, so that's the difference between Bobby. You go back to. Uh, what was that young fullback called? The double barrel name. Oh God, I remember. Oh, I can't remember, mate. Uh, we had him and we had the uh, young Staunton at the time. We both got long-term deals. Yeah, cousin Dawson. Got, cousin Dawson. Cousin Dawson. That's the one. The amount of pelters they got. Um, they were young lads and they were getting proper harassed on social media. And it's like, come on, guys. The, the, the young lads try to make a living. They try to break through and 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 learn the trade and they were getting some proper pillars. I understand Bobby's different because Bobby's he's delivering week in, week out. 
So whilst that's happening, people will get behind him. But it doesn't always work like that. See, I think that's football, though, unfortunately, yeah. these days. I mean, you look at England players, they get a lot of grief. And unfortunately, players have to be a little bit stronger now. I, I, I completely agree with what you're saying, uh, Wayness. But I mean, you're saying about uh, would our fans have the patience to get behind youth players? I mean, as long as I've supported the football club, we've had youth players coming through and in, you, you look at the likes of Dean Richards, Des Hamilton, players like that. I mean, I, again, I'm showing my my age, but even the likes of um, Luke O'Brien and I shouldn't say his name, Luis Emmanuel, who ended up in trouble, they came into the team and, and fans got behind them because they were good enough. So... It's on the club to support these these younger players to, to cope with the likes of Twitter and maybe these players may have to put aside social media just for the early stages of their career, certainly. Um, Absolutely. I mean, one of the best youth players that we've ever had is Stuart McCall. Oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it, it, it's possible. It's just, it goes back to the plan. The, the club... You know, a lot of people talk about Mark Truman and the, the, I saw he get a lot of criticism, but I mean, it is ideal to be helping these young kids that have just broke into the squad, surely, because he's worked with them in the past. You know, he's built a relationship with them and he's basically shoulder, you know, somebody who could put his arm around these kids and help them within that squad environment. So there's things you can do to help youth players through. And I'm not saying right, we're going to have 11 players on that pitch that have come through our youth system because realistically that never will work. You know, it's just not going to work. So you need, look at look at the United team with the uh, the class of 92. They had your Roy Keynes and your, you know, your Cantonars that helped them through. We, we've had people like Gary Jones helping the, you know, the younger players like Naki Wells and stuff. So you've got to have them older heads, but they've got to be the right older heads, not injury-prone ones. And that goes down to, again, a plan, a recruitment plan, where we're getting these players from that are injury-prone all the time. And it's just so frustrating, it really is. I agree. I'm just... My, my only concern is a lot of the fans have seen us stick in this league now for many, many years and, and far too many for us to be happy with. They want quick fix. They want us to get out of this league. Does that involve playing kids that's going to consistently make those mistakes and therefore hold us back from getting that promotion? It'd be good to see a poll to see how many would actually go with it, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if quite a lot turned around and went, no, I just want to get out of this league. We've been in here far too long. Thanks, Wayness. Um, Tom uh, has joined us. Uh, Tom, it's nice to see you, my friend. Um, over to you. Oh, yeah, sorry about that. Yeah, just uh, chipping in here um, for what it's worth. I um, do a podcast each week with Bradford City. So I'm in and around the club. Um, it's called A Season with Bradford City. You're going to have a listen to it. It's brilliant. Thank you, mate. Like Ryan, I've, had, I've had people like Ryan on. Um, we should speak about the ownership and things. Um, for what it's worth, um, just a couple of points from me. Um, great setup, by the way. So well done posting it. Um, I do similar ones, and this is this is really good, really interesting. Um, in terms of a long term plan, uh, there aren't many clubs that do 
publicly go on record or say this is what we want to do of course they'll say I think Ryan's even said they'd love to get to the championship that's where he'd ideally like to be um, so that's the first thing second one <clears throat> the other side of the coin regarding recruitment and we can argue all day long about the quality of play and if it's right and the size of the squad which um, are two sort of talking points at the moment but the other side of the coin is you could argue that Mark Hughes was given not everything he wanted because no manager gets everything they want but from speaking to Mark Hughes on and off the record in the pre-season, I think, honestly, he was pretty happy with the squad he has. Now, we can all sit here and say, well, that player shouldn't have been there. That's just opinion. You can go to Manchester United, Man City, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Alaves, whoever you want to go to. Everybody will disagree with the quality. But I think Mark Hughes was relatively happy with the, with what he had, certainly at the, at, the, at the close of the window. So the other side of the card is the players now... You know, you're changing three systems in three months. He went three five two, four four two, after the Grimsby draw at home, and then back to three five two again. I actually think, having been at the game last night and watching from half to after half time of the weekend, that you might just have hit rock bottom there at half time against Notts County, and that this three five two with this kind of zonal press that Graham's Graham Alexander introduced might actually work. Who knows? I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud there. Uh, somebody just made a good point there about Tr- Truman. Um, Graham said last week in the press conference that um, Truman uh, is his eyes in the stand up high, so he's not spending time in dugout at the moment. He's in the in, in, in the sort of stand watching sort of area of the formations and things. But I agree, he's capable of doing that. But I think bringing people through um, as well, and then. I compared Bradford City to Manchester United, actually, um, because my initial job was covering Manchester United. And the off-field trouble at Manchester United isn't always to blame for some of the performances on the pitch. And while we can argue about ownership and who's in charge and who's doing what job, sometimes the players are not doing it. And I think, or tactically, things aren't right. And I think probably we saw that at half-time, sorry, before half-time on Saturday. Um, against Notts County but I think actually what we saw afterwards was from half time is a, is, a, is a manager getting the best out of what he had and I think yesterday yes it was a depleted Barnsley team but I think some of the um, some of the sort of tactic situations if you like hate that word and approach can give Bradford City fans hope for, from here on in I think so are they going to get automatic promotion absolutely not playoffs you'd imagine it's, it's unlikely but that's what we're all here for. We're here to dream out. We're here to hope we can do well. In terms of that long-term plan, just final point before I go and League One and League Two, I think somebody said made a good point. They said we just want to get out of this league and just get into League One or whatever, which is great. But actually, I think some kind of plan would be would be would, would be good and better than that. Bradford City are a club that are uh, for me a Championship side at, at, at best. Sorry, not best, but are a Championship side. They should not be in this division. You know, you can't create atmospheres like the Wrexham one and, and some of the other things I've seen, the interest around players and the club and the noise and all that. Like you just, it just doesn't happen in League 2. So you need to get out of that. But I don't, I don't think, get out and let's get into League 1. I think you should be aiming for, right, OK, how do we get to the top half of the Championship and work back like that? And, and, and anyway, that's my thoughts. Anyway. Tom, uh, thanks so much for um, for coming on and sparing some time for us, mate. Your podcast is very good. I've listened to, I've listened to them, so uh, keep up the good work, mate. Uh, I would be interested to know how yeah. uh, Ryan was with you when you interviewed him, uh, as to whether you felt he was guarded on things or was he quite relaxed and open with you? No, um, I 
I've had Ryan's number for about three or four years, um, and because I've lived in the area and I've got family and boys, I decided that I would like to buy a Bradford season ticket this season and go down and watch Bradford City. I watched Bradford City since when Danny Forrest was playing. Somebody mentioned Lewis Emmanuel there. I was born and uh, brought up in Geisley, so I know the area, I know the players, I know the club. So it wasn't alien to me when I was walking into it. Um, but when I met Ryan um, the first time, I WhatsApped him. Um, by a company that I know and said, look, I'm thinking of giving this next season, no drama. And he was very, he was open to it. So, you know, I'll be at the press conference tomorrow. Um, and then um, he's given me pretty much all access I want. And then when I opened the podcast and I interviewed him, he, um, I said, I can send you the questions over. And the first thing he said was, um, no, don't worry about that. We'll just go with it. So, in terms of Ryan Sparks and how he's been with me, he's been he, he has been he, he's been pretty decent with me. I can't I can't complain. Brilliant, thanks, mate. Appreciate your uh, your time. Thank you, no uh, Jake. Uh, welcome, my friend. Uh, you've had your hand up for a little bit. What what do you want to say? Hey, mate. Thanks for having me on. Um, really good space tonight. Right. Really enjoying it. Uh, just for for Tom off the back of what he's just said there. Really, obviously, he touched on recruitment and Hugh's been happy with what he's got. Um, it did feel to me and and I know to a few others that towards the end of the transfer window we sort of panicked to bring people in obviously we started with that 3-5-2 formation and then he switched it sort of early in the season to that 4-2-3-1 bringing in a few wingers and and players to pad that out and and, you know I don't know if Tom's got any insight to this or anybody else's thoughts on it but it just just feels like we didn't have much of a plan and it felt felt a bit panicked towards the end there. It's like, all right, three five two's not working, we're gonna to need to switch it up. We need to get more players in the mm-hmm. deal with that. I think um and you guys will know better, but I think Wrexham and Notts County when they went up, I think Carlisle at certain points last season they played three five two. So I think first of all the Carlisle defeat in the playoffs. Plenty's been said and written about that. I think that that hurt. That hurt Hughes, that hurt the club. Um, certainly the second leg performance um, I think that after that they went they decided on 3-5-2 pretty much not after that game but in the, in the pre-season discussed it and then the recruitment that you, you mentioned was built around um, playing 3-5-2 so you look at the game of, of Crawley with the three at the back obviously unfortunate sending off that game um, but so everything was not everything but the approach was Taken from a four-four-two into a into a three-five-two, um, and that and that is how they recruited because they thought it worked. And I think they probably looked at the likes of Wrexham, Notts County, Carlisle played it a little bit, and I, and I Paul Simpson. Um, I know he likes that formation. I think there's been some success with it, so I think that was what Hughes Hughes's thinking was. Now there's different ways of playing it: three-five-two possession-based, playing backwards, across the lines, whatever you want to call it, is one way of playing it. What you saw in the second half against Notts County, marking the half spaces, pressing in certain situations and, and not, is Graham Alexander and Chris's approach to 3-5-2. So that's slightly different. So the different approaches to how you how how you do three five two people say Hughes does three five two Graham Alexander does three five two yeah they do but it's it's a different way that Graham's doing it which is why I think having seen them against Notts County second half I mean watching it in the first half playing the four four two system I was very concerned as as I'm sure most of you guys were. Um, it, it wasn't 
it just looked, it looked I, was, I was worried <laughs> but then having seen that in the second half and how they played last night Jason's on this call as well I can see the space Jason McEwen is a friend of mine we went down we sat pretty near the dugouts and we could hear what, what Graham was saying um, some of the other coaching staff were doing and, and it felt like it'd been executed properly now is this going to be a you know a 2013 moment where you're hovering mid-table and Phil Parkinson guides you into the playoffs last minute. I'm, I'm not sure. However, I think if you'd have started with this approach to 3-5-2 with the players you've got, I think that, that helps. One talking point has been Andy Cook and um, Graham said to me that he thought he felt at times this season, he felt very isolated. So when I interviewed Harry Lewis earlier on in the season, Harry said to me that, on the podcast, said that... Um, Cookie's role or something along the lines of Cookie's role's changed. He's now expected expected to press more at the top up up front. Now we could argue that Andy Cook being the striker he is, he's not probably designed to, to be pressing left, right and centre through the middle. You get Tyler Smith up there with him, who's a lot closer to him, maybe doing some of the legwork for him. It looks like a completely different proposition. Potentially adding a return in Jake Young in January, then all of a sudden you've got the goal scorer in Andy Cook and then this year's had a top one, two or three goal scorer coming into the team. So, this style of three-five-two, I think can work. It has worked 14 before getting him out of the league, getting him out of the National League into this league and from this league into League One. But the approach has to be right. I think, I think it looks better with Graham Alexander than it did under Mark Hughes. And the recruitment in the summer was designed to fit Mark Hughes' style of three-five-two, and not Graham Alexander's. Sorry if that's a bit long-winded. Well, it's fine. It's actually answered a question that was posed by Liam Gill uh, in comments, Tom, uh, which oh. he was saying he, he said he felt the problem was that we had no identity from on the football, changing different formations and things like that. So, um, hopefully, Liam, that's answered uh, that answered that, and you know, be interested to hear what your thoughts are, um, Wayne. Yeah, just again follow, following up on Tom's comments. So, Jake had originally asked the question. Um, what did we think there was panic buys at, at the end of the window? Now we get that the the whole prior window during pre season was based towards this three five two, but from the twenty eighth of August to the first September, the, the actual deadline day, we made three signings in Wilson, Tullock, and Afaka, all wingers. So where would the winger fit in in the three five two? So we, we okay, let me just jump in there. Down the route of yeah. this ain't working. We need to have a second plan. So did that then? I think that's where Jake's getting the panic buys from. But just let me jump in there quickly, and I'll, and I'll leave you guys to it because, like I said, I'm enjoying listening. You don't want to hear what I'm going to say because um, you guys are far more qualified Bradford City fans than I am. Um, Edouard played last night as a winger. Um, just just to point out that you can put wingers in the system somewhere. But secondly. Um, the recruitment for loan signings is horrible when you're in League Two because you're waiting for the league, the, champ, the Premier League teams to get everybody in and then decide who they want to get rid of. By which point, you could have spoken to somebody you think you're going to get and then the Premier League team decides they want to keep them. Not only that, the Championship teams normally get first sort of dibs on you know, the best of the rest of the of, uh, Premier League. If they decide they don't want them to go to League One and so forth. So, Loan signings, I agree with you. I agree with you. Yes, we knew we wanted to play three five two. Likes of Tullock, um, signing Wilson from um, the Welsh team. I think it's TNS. Do on paper look 
like um, not three five two signings, if that's a, a correct sentence. However, there is an element of them waiting with the loan deals because you have to wait for all the big sort of ships to move and, and take stock of what they've got above you before you can before you can bring in. I think Patterson's an, an excellent been an excellent signing when he's been there and been fit. I think he's brilliant. I think he fits in a whole host of things, and I think you'll get the best out of people like Jamie Walker. Um, in a more central role. But um, anyway, thank you for having me on. I just wanted to drop that in. Hope it was helpful. Um, yeah. Great speaking to all. Um, Cheers, and, um, Tom. Yeah, and um, we'll, I'll catch up soon. Cheers, guys. Thanks for your time, Tom. I really appreciate that. Um, okay, I've, I'm going to probably bring this to an end now because we have been going on for quite a, a long time now. I'm really appreciative of um, of all of you joining us uh, for our first space. It's my first ever space, actually. I, I speak every now and again on some, but I don't normally host them. So um, it's an eye-opener from that point of view. The final thought really is that the club... Uh, that we we all love and uh, you know it proves that while we're sat here um you know being on for an hour and 40 minutes um you know has had challenges and continues to do so there is um various people unhappy across our supporter base we want to unite them um i've got a long list of various different things based on comments and chats we've had tonight um we are still going to pursue the fans forum. We think that's important, needs to come sooner rather than later. But there's also a lot of other things that we need to look at. The the you know the kind of derision about Ryan Sparks at the moment, the Rupp situation. We, we, we're also going to try to push to find out what the plan is for the club and, and plan for progression of the club. Uh, we're going to try our best. Uh, we will make mistakes, um, but we'll never lie. Uh, and I'll never lie. Um, so, you know, we're, we're going to try and do that. Um, if you aren't a member of, of, of uh, Bradford uh, City fans, um, please go on our website. It's uh, bradfordindependentfans.co.uk. Just join us. Um, you, you're not asked to do anything unless you want to. We're looking for more people to help us um, and come and join our steering group. So please consider that if you feel we can provide a little bit of time um but for now i think that we have to get behind graham alexander best we can he's been dealt a hand that he's got i'm sure he'll he'll change things around i, ha I actually have more confidence in graham alexander right now than i've had in in previous managers if i'm being honest i, I do feel something about him um so we'll see what happens with that i might be proven wrong who knows? Um, but, you know, come and join us. Thanks for attending tonight. I really appreciate your time. Uh, if anybody wants to um, write to us because they didn't really want to speak tonight and want us to look to things to, to present, uh, pursue for you um, or, or fit onto our agenda, then please write to us. Again, you can write to us via the website or hello at independent, bradfordindependentfans.co.uk um, or you can um, you can DM me directly. I'm at bantam1873. Um, but for now, um, thanks very much for listening. Uh, thanks for your thoughts and your input. Um, I really appreciate it. And um, up the chickens. All the best. Cheers, Dave.
The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier line of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18+. plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.